And we're back to unearthing yourself. So, medical condition or self-victimization, folks. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Ricardo Zivart. My name is Dylan Suggs. And I'm Casey Spire. And I'm Courtney Miller. So, what's brought up in the topics for today, and, you know, we can prompt this with astrology between me and Courtney or so, however, but, like, you know, there's a, there's a situation that's going on in the, in, the, in the public eye of, like, how we view maybe how people have victimized themselves. And one hot topic that's come up for us has been about maybe, you know, is, is a certain medical diagnosis, are they a, a chemical imbalance? Are they things that we can work on and help ourselves with? And, you know, I've been talking about this equally with some of my associates and colleagues here about like, you know, we maybe drop in with several doctors and stuff. So we just kind of like open the, the conversation more or less about like, you know, are there areas in your life where at least I can speak for myself, where personal people I love very dearly have, you know, either they've been diagnosed in their life with whatever kind of condition. And obviously there's a ton of compassion to hold in the space of like, where people are working on certain things. And then there's also the areas of life where we have a huge psychiatric problem happening in our country. And, you know, where is the line of like where we need that to help ourselves? And then where there's an area where we've been crutched or over identified with or not really being able to reach the, the core essence of something that might be something we need to face head on more mm -hmm. or less. And at least I can speak for myself is I've been in my own journey that I've battled with, you know, certain um, emotions for myself. I was never diagnosed necessarily depression, but I also never really went to a professional to get that kind of diagnosis. But I definitely went through things in my life that, well, I've been through a lot of spiritual personal development uh, seminars. And I'm not one to say no one here is a doctor professional or anything, but we're really talking from our own personal experience. And from me to you, you know, I have certain family members and very close loved ones that have basically embraced this identity of the diagnosis. And I had someone that's a full, full-time therapist, is, is, is right in hands in hand with their practice, master's degree in psychology. And over the 60 years that we've experienced the, the psychological program since the 60s, this diagnosis has actually been brought by an article on the concert, on the concert, uh, conversation.com we'll, we'll pull it up for you guys but that um that this is actually in some way there's no scientific edit evidence that proves that depression is a chemical imbalance and that can also be spread maybe between multiple different uh facets if it's you know bipolar disorder or something else and so i'm not the expert here and i'm not trying to like invalidate anyone's circumstances or even the psychiatric but just opening the conversation what do you guys think upon like you know is this something where you have any experience with this in your personal life or like areas where like we can subjugate this to like know how to handle it properly and where's the point where we might need to reevaluate how we're going about this circumstance so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's really great to open this conversation and it can go in so many different directions. And I think it's there's a I have a lot of different viewpoints with this. I have personal experience. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah. Um and I also have experience with loved ones, um friends, and so and all of the situations are very different. And I think it I think there is an element of it that that can be innately um, created within us, like when we were born. Um, but I also think a lot of it is environmental and circumstantial. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to dive deeper into that, but I want to give 
maybe Dylan and Courtney a chance to like touch on it a little bit because mm-hmm. I have a lo- I have a lot to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're gonna. We're, I feel we're, like we all have in. a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna dive in. So let's let's briefly touch well, and then I, and then maybe dive deeper. So this morning, me and Ricky were having a conversation, um, and he was expressing some of his experiences with others more or less and maybe some of you can relate and he can also chime in as well on this but um what we've noticed and what we've seen and what i've witnessed in my life has been people victimizing themselves and in a way just like they're diagnosed with um, diabetes or any other health condition they love their condition Um, they build a relationship a bond with that condition and the idea the concept even the theory that it is not a clinical diagnosis in the sense of uh, uh, what do they say the chemical imbalance in the brain if that is true Um, I think it would shatter the matrix around this topic a lot more. Um, And it would provide, I think, an avenue of healing um, and opens an avenue for solutions that were not common, that weren't being expressed, I think, in in the open. And it actually kind of diffuses the common misconceptions around psychological um, ideas and programming, which we are big on, like you can psychologically program some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that your programming and your paradigm isn't isn't the way it really is. I'm not asking you to be a completely boundless individual psychologically. However, we do see that we build those those limitations, those self-limiting beliefs, um, and the psychology field, the psychiatry field, actually more importantly, uses these yeah these bounds and this um uh, i guess you could even say this foundation of knowledge which a lot of uh things this is what i talk about my in my podcast a lot of philosophies religions even um a lot of organizations concepts theories like darwin's theory all these different things are like what was common belief the way that they thought that the world was uh you know not round right there's a lot of these things that are debunked later when science moves forward and reveals new things or new parts of nature or columbus touches you know mexico and and stuff so that aspect i think can can kind of share like how psychiatry even we can we can shatter the matrix around this area of of, uh, conversation Mm -hmm. so um to be totally transparent i originally was like i don't want to do this podcast um because it sits really close to home for me my dad suffered from addiction and depression and ended up committing suicide as a result of you know not that not ever improving in his life. So I feel like I really have kind of the ultimate experience of like, what is the worst case scenario in these kind of situations? And so, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, I, I, I agree with Dylan in the sense that like, we don't know everything. And I think, um, I, I disagree when I when we think about it not being a, a physical or like a physical component or um, a chemical imbalance. Like I definitely think that that's a thing. Um, just because like kind of growing up hearing the story about my dad and and how he was just kind of always like that. Like he was a, like a little kid like picking up a cigarette and trying to smoke it and like no one else was. And so I feel like these these. I don't know what you call them, these illnesses maybe, um, 
I definitely think you have a predisposition to them and, and there's a biological factor. But I agree in the sense that with Dylan that, that there is a lot that we also don't know. Um, and I think that if you go on TikTok, for example, there's like an over-diagnosis kind of happening on like medical TikTok or like there's these people saying like, oh, I'm on the spectrum or I have, um, you know, a tick or I have like xyz because i have these kind of symptoms um and i feel like people are too quick to diagnose themselves and maybe it's because it gives a sense of relief for inexplicable parts of yourself and things that you maybe struggle with and um so i think that's one thing and then the other problem i feel like we have is that uh the current diagnoses that we do have are limited and so it's like these little boxes and we're like okay you kind of fit this thing but like not fully but we're going to put you in that box because we don't really know how else to describe this mm -hmm. and so i feel like that's the current limitation of psychology and i think this way literally all the time i'm like i definitely like i've had a friend tell me like i think that you kind of fall on the spectrum because you're really sensitive to noises and um there are certain things that kind of bother you and i thought about that for a while and i was like you know maybe that's true but I feel like I have something else that hasn't been discovered yet mm. and like they're kind of talking about something called misophonia really recently and people are like that's not real and I'm like the way that they describe it I'm like that's me to a T and this is something that they just discovered mm. so I feel like that might be part of something else and, so, and there's like all these different connections between things that we have yet to see um and so yeah i, I, sorry, I think I another off about that. <laughs> I, I have really have i just want to state something i want to like hold the container that nothing we're saying right now is to invalidate just to hold the container in its place is really a discovery question on this mm -hmm. whole concept because you know we are discovering things as a human race over and over again and we have these structures in place that we've ideal glorified and idealized mm -hmm. but as courtney's saying like and there's always room for discovery and implications to expand upon but when it happens that someone's being diagnosed they're being put in a position of like kind of a containment field in their psyche is what I'm understanding, you know, mm -hmm. and that there's not really like, no, you're diagnosed. It's chemical imbalance. You're, you're this way forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. And that there's so many other benefactors and psychologists and neuroscientists that we can talk about. I also have the article. So I kind of want to read a little bit, but definitely Dylan, did you want to drop in on something? Well, I mean, or? she said quite a lot. And I think that there's so much um, to say about it. I think the first thing I wanted to address is the fact that a lot of, us in this sort of paradigm now, which the Greek philosophers were figuring this out and even before that, but we're now opening our minds to different personalities and the way that people are psychologically made up is different. Um, there are different characteristics within people and I don't even think it's a bad thing actually, um, like ADHD and some of these ADD and all these other things. And like, that could be an issue of like birth defects or issues with nutrition and other issues. Definitely like, I think a, a wide spectrum of uh, ways that mm -hmm. that kind of came to be that particular brain function or that particular issue. Yeah. Um, however, I also acknowledge that, you know, our paradigm is so cookie cutter that mm -hmm. we're we're just sticking people in the same math classes and the same and our mm -hmm. education systems built into such a cookie cutter way right. that we're expecting all these children and all these humans to be learning the same things and be excited about the same things and, and then learning be, the having same the way. learning mm -hmm. capabilities in, in, that that everybody else has but in reality if we attune 
to the psychological makeup of each individual, understanding and acknowledging that there are different psychological makeups and they are, you know, different in a smudge here and there. However, different, they can be maybe acknowledged and then somebody can make a solution for like how that person learns better, how, what kind of, not putting special needs over somebody, you know right. what I mean? Because uh, honestly, everyone would be special needs. Like if I went to uh, a doctor early on, my dad is a chiropractor, more na na natural and stuff. We didn't even go to the family clinician, you know what I mean? So like if, I, but if I did, I guarantee you I would be on SSRIs or some kind of other antidepressant randomly or even um, Adderall. You know, they probably would have given me something. And right. that's the whole thing is doctors in this day and age, like she mentioned, they put everybody in a box. They want to they want to diagnose people with it, and I guarantee you, if we took those diagnoses today, those questionnaires, with some doctor saw us today, they probably would diagnose every single one in this room on about something, you know. And I think that that's another thing to acknowledge is like, especially just you, Dylan. Be, just yeah, just <laughs> I'm like off the rails. But they 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 would be diagnosing us, and then of course funneling us into the pharmaceutical drugs and things like that. And so the problem is we don't even know how to diagnose, as she mentioned, and then also we're diagnosing too much cookie cutter wise. And then not only that, but the solutions are even worse and they have even worse side effects long term. So and that's where things get a little out of hand. There, there's definitely actual evidence on that. So um, and I just, you know, I, I had a lot to say on that. So appreciate you going into that. Although I just want to read the, the intro to this clause of this article. Okay. Basically, we like. Is this a study? This is a, this is a written study that okay. was given to me by a psychologist. That is, yeah, they've they've, they've they're deep in their practice. Mm -hmm. They're a full practitioner, and they gave me this article as I brought up this conversation. And we can link. Is it public? Yeah, I already put it on for you guys. It's on the conversation, okay? And the, it it, it on the conversation .com, It says depression is not is probably not caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain. New study. For three decades, people have been del deluged <clears throat> with information suggesting that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain, namely an imbalance of the brain chemical called serotonin. However, the new latest research review shows that the evidence does not support it. There's about an eight-minute audio recording you can listen to, to that breaks down this article, basically. But although first proposed in the 1960s, the serotonin therapy... Uh, theory of depression started to be widely promoted by the pharmaceutical industry in the 1990s in association with its effects to market a new range of antidepressants known as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs. The idea is also endorsed by an official institution such as the American Psychiatric Associations, which, tell, which still tells the public that differences in certain chemicals in the brain may contribute to symptoms of depression. Now, obviously, I can read this whole clause right now, but it, it's countless doctors have repeated this message all over the world in their private surgeries and in the media. People accept that they were, if people have accepted what they were told. And many started taking antidepressants because they believed that something was wrong with their brain that required an antidepressant to put right. In the period of this marketing push, antidepressants use climbed use climbed dramatically and they're now prescribed to one in six of the adult population in england for example so obviously i can keep reading into this but like what i was brought to the thing is in this article it does read that i just want to say this <laughs> antidepressants have their place i really believe that so mm -hmm, we're yeah. not trying to get too Same. far out and say that all we're going black and white here and saying that all antidepressants don't have their place i really think they benefit for, for people and i can i can contest that i've heard stories of people that actually have these experiences so there's no there's no harm in this it's where it gets to the level of we are now maybe so codependent or literally so self-identifying with these principles that we're not open to another way of thinking because it's become self part of our identity and that there's areas through i want to bring it up but we can 
you know, Joe Dispenza's work, which I can contest the book, uh, You Are the Placebo and Becoming Supernatural, and now has, like, become a renowned neuroscientist, mm-hmm. um, that you can literally re- rewire the synapse in your brain over time and when constituted focus. Now, everyone's circumstances... A lot of mushrooms involved. A lot of <laughs> mushrooms involved. <laughs> Just kidding. But like, Why not? There's a lot of areas where this can be transformed or rethought, and we're just here to open up the conversation, basically. Because, you know, I have personal people in my life that I, I experience where like, hey, like, I know this is a circumstance, but we can do this or that. And there's like a close down, like a shutdown mm-hmm. of their own energy levels. Because if you don't believe that you can do something, your brain will tell you you can't. And then there's this inoperative feeling to doing it. But I just want to understand what do you think, you know, or what do you, what do you guys have experienced in your life? Because there's a level where potentially I know people that have been on this for like decades mm-hmm. and they haven't really changed their way of being. They can, and I'm not invalidating, it's been helpful and maybe even critical to their well being. But where do we draw the line where this person can actually be weaned off and or because it let's I've heard about this, it takes a long time to get off antidepressants too, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Like, you know, there's kind of a, a trial period of certain weeks to get that. It's like a swimming pool. You got to get the pH back to a certain level, and it takes a couple of days to do that. So, um, did you want to share something, Casey? Or? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. kind of like I don't know where to start because yeah, no, it's a big, it's a big egg. <laughs> I can go in so many different directions on this topic, but I think what's important in my heart that I want to share is that I, I think, like you said, there's a time and a place for pharmaceuticals, and I think that they are highly beneficial for many people. Um, And I don't believe that you need that your whole life. Like I do believe that there's something deeper that is waiting to be discovered. Um, And so I think the idea of a chemical imbalance does make sense, but I think that it can be balanced by getting to the root and, and digging a little deeper within and, you know, I just, I watched that with family members and being, you know, being on antidepressants for so many years and later in life realizing like, oh, actually like it was because of X, Y, Z in my life. And this was unhealed trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do believe that it can be carried over, right? Like my mom suffered with depression. My brother had depression, right? So I do believe that like because my mom had that makeup, right? Like Uh genetically that was transferred over. Like, I do believe that. And I also believe that, like, you can rewire that, like, on a cellular level. Um, I have read a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, and I have personally utilized his practices, and and I've watched myself transform. Um, So, I, I think that's kind of what's on my heart is, like, I see all of it, and I, I, I just, I've seen people dependent mm. on the drugs and and, mm-hmm. and it's like they're not getting to the root of the problem right and it's like you can actually like free yourself of the mental illness i do believe um if you just dig a little deeper and also like touching on dr joe dispenza's work it's like it's it's your energy vibrates on cer- certain frequencies so if you're vibrating at the energy of depression then like that's going to be it. That's a frequency. And so if you can change your energetic frequency to a higher frequency, right, then you're going to start attracting more scenarios and experiences into your life to meet you there. 
And so it, it there's that whole thing too that I'd love to touch on. But yeah, I just want to say for me personally, in high school, I struggled with depression. Um, and I actually was taken to like psychologist, therapist, like you name it. And I was put on medications. Um, I didn't have good experiences with the medications. I'm also really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the dosing was always really high for me. Um, but for my personal experience, it, I didn't know it at the time, but it was my external environment that mm. was really affecting my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I was also adopted, so I don't really know my health history, to mm. be honest. But mm. but looking back in hindsight, I had emotional needs that were not being met. And of course, God loved my family. They didn't know that, right? Like right, They, were, they right. of course, did their best and loved the way that they knew how to love. But like... I was not receiving love and and care in the way that I needed. The optimal right. what Casey needed in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I think on a deeper level was depressed mm-hmm. because I felt unloved. On the if if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So so anyway, I, I that turned into years down the road into anxiety, and mm. it, and let me back up a minute. Like the depression went away. Uh-huh. Not because the drugs helped me. Like I think I ended up like dating a guy, and then like it was like, oh, I'm happy again. You know what I mean? It was like a band aid. Oh, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So it was like that kind of band aided over my deeper issues and my deeper traumas. Mm-hmm. And then later in life, I really struggled deeply with anxiety, and that was also an unknown. Like this is just coming out of nowhere. Like I have no idea where this is coming from, um, and it was so bad that I like literally could i had to quit my job like i couldn't drive my car like it was so bad Mm. Um, i couldn't even function in life and so i was put on medication for it but the medication made me feel crazy like i my whole body would get tingly i would feel out of it i had to sleep all the time like i definitely it did not help now there were certain drugs um that did help like temporarily calm my nerves but it just it was like it always would come back and so i'm like what's going on like why is this not helping And then I eventually got introduced to this book by the Dalai Lama, The Art of Happiness. Mm, mm -hmm. And that's what kind of started my inner healing in in that process. And reading that book and opening my mind in a different way, and I I was able to heal myself from my anxiety Mm -hmm. and free myself of that. Um, And so, and I didn't need to be on any medicines. So, I feel like I want to stop there, but... That's just something that, you know, I, I, I'm happy to share from my personal experience. I'm like so grateful you shared that because it's right on the money of kind of opening up this conversation. And yeah, and it really can connect with you in that way of like your process with that in the spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. if, of that. And even having a bit of your own recovery story in mm-hmm. that, you know, because I don't know what that was like for you. But I can imagine if you said you couldn't even drive your car, like... I it's literally intense. thought I was like, dying. Like you, I can't even tell you how many times I called nine one one because I thought I was dying. Right. Like I, ambulances were at my house all the time. Wow. Because I thought I was gonna die. Well, that's how bad it was. See yeah. that that's a that's a good. There's a prime example of this. There's a scenario I'm kind of talking about. I mean, 
and I, I want to hold space for you, if, if you guys have something to share. I, I want to say that um, I had ADHD. I was diagnosed ADHD, okay? And over time, like, I was put on medication in third grade for a little bit of time on this. Nothing major, to be honest. And my mom would contest, well, your grades are better, you know? Mm. What I later learned is ADHD is a hunter mentality. It's mm. like observing everything. So I can be definitely a little, like, extra squirrely. Like, I literally can obsessively have three conversations at once. I'll try it, you know? Mm -hmm. And part of my, like, sadness, I guess you could say, like, wants to do that. But I just want to say, even though that inval that works, I have my other two family members, my brother and my father, that are on Adderall daily. And there's a little bit of a lack of expression. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of more of a robotic essence that starts happening. And I'm super focused. And I don't actually invalidate it. I won't lie. Like, sometimes Adderall has helped me take a test and, and shoot for the moon, you know? But I also can just say, like, you know, I'm way more, I feel way more colorful personally mm. from being able to have diversification from that. And, like, you know, there's almost other emotions that the brain doesn't get a chemical opportunity to experience while it's sedated, I guess you could say, or however you want a terminology. The Adderall is like full kick in one chemical. It's like on coffee all day. Mm -hmm. You actually don't experience all the high highs or the low lows. You're kind of just mid-ground if you didn't know that happens chemically to you in coffee so ricky i love that you shared that and that actually like expanded my view on adhd mm -hmm. um i think in this day and age the world that we live in it's very i guess it, it could be problematic right like you can't focus like and i know people that are like oh like i have adhd like i can't focus this is so frustrating but it's like when you think about it as like a hunter, right? That like peripheral vision and like being able, like yeah. that makes so much sense in my brain. And I'm like, actually, that's a gift. Right. But, but maybe it just doesn't work in this day and age Society that we live in, right? Structure. Because we yeah. need to focus. And mm -hmm. so I, I would invite whoever's listening that if you know someone with ADHD or you struggle with that yourself, like instead of it being a problem, like what if that's actually one of your giftings and like you have right. some type of like, I don't know, ancestral coding in your body that right. like you're able to see all of these things, right? And and so maybe you're not laser focused on like a specific subject, but like you have the gift of seeing the peripheral and like that's kind of cool actually. Honestly, it, it, it's a liberating thing that for me that's empowering back to what Dylan was saying because mm -hmm. like honestly, there's these cubbies and like, oh, you have ADHD, you can't sit down, you can't focus, you're all over the place. Well, it's actually like, no, my brain needs a lot of different kind of stimulation that like, honestly, I look at myself now, I'm, 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 I'm a lunatic. Like I, I, <laughs> I do like piano and then astrology. I do all these other things, but I get my ADHD fix. And I look at myself, if I was my own child, if it was my own son or daughter, I would never want to sedate that part of myself. Mm -hmm. So that's just where I'm coming from with myself, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. I think it seems unfair because it's almost like there is the, you know, prototype of the perfect human and everyone else is a comparison to that and a sub substandard. Mm. And it's like comparing a horse to a zebra and being like, this horse looks funny and it <laughs> acts different and it's not the same size. And it's just like, I, 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 I totally agree with what you guys are saying. I feel like some of these things, while they can be debilitating and I don't, you know, want to like undermine that, I feel like they are usually either some kind of like indicator to you about something that you might need to look at within your life mm -hmm. or 
if it's more of like an ingrained and kind of your personality type, then it's, it can be a superpower. And so, um, it's almost like an imbalanced superpower or one that you haven't like learned how to cultivate because our society has kind of like pushed it to the side. And that's how I feel about a lot of the people who are homeless and who are like talking to themselves. I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, they Mm. can probably see other realms. Mm -hmm. They can probably see spirits. Um, People who um, have ADHD. I was just watching a video about this girl who I think has ADHD and she essentially ha- like creates this whole structure for her life that fits her and she will like basically sit down and learn something super in depth in like four days and like stay up like almost all night be like super freaking dedicated and then she like doesn't force herself to have like i'm gonna do 10 minutes a day because it like doesn't work for her Uh so she uses the inspiration to go like all fucking in in this short period of time and she is saying like why is this not a good thing like just because it's done in a different way i'm just as productive i do just as much stuff in my own way um and so i feel like some of these things can be like curated if you really learn how to work with them Mm -hmm. to become more powerful um but when we compare ourselves to like the horse to the zebra we we can feel like victims to these things like why am i not like everyone else why don't i have like this way of operating and that's how i feel about myself in terms of like consistency i'm like kind of all over the place and i've never been one who can have a structure and a schedule like my life feels like it's always changing and always moving and i'm constantly trying to go back to a schedule and it's like forcing a peg into like Mm. a square hole and i'm just like i want to be this way i want to be this way and it just like is literally not happening like Mm -hmm. ever and then i beat myself up and it's just like this whole cycle and i think that can go you know from like mental illness all the way outwards. Um, But I feel like getting down to the core of it, maybe asking ourselves like how this thing is trying to serve us, whether it's trying to show us about something unexpressed, like with depression, I think many of it, many of us experience that when it's an unexpressed emotion coming from an unmet need. Mm -hmm. Um, Or is it, you know, indicative of a new way of operating in my life or you know what I mean? Like, is it something about me that I can actually tap into and become better at or different at? Um, and I feel like once we can start looking at how this thing is trying to serve us, it becomes less of this like albatross around our neck and more of um, just potential. I, I love that you said, you know, comparing zebra to horses. There's a psychology here right now. Right now, nowhere in life is there a black and white size. The zebra was adapted to merge with other zebras and the stripes serve the purpose to defend it from lions because there's they can't pick which zebra to get to. The stripes is the greatest benefit. But who stepped in the line in the system and said, oh, you got stripes, you're freaking weird. But evolution <laughs> literally designed you through millions of years to be in this certain function. And maybe ancestrally, that was a way that we cope with certain things for a detriment or for a benefit. We don't know. I mean... I know this on a psychological level that chickens 
because of shadows of hawks, if you put shadows over chickens, they've adapted to have fear responses, apparently. Aww. Now, that sounds sad, but that's a defense mechanism for chickens to survive, you mm-hmm. know? So, it's just back to us, you know? Well, now we're in the last hundred years, melting pot of all genetic forms, all adaptations through millions and thousands of years, and everyone's got these different area codes, and we just have this one in American psychiatric st- institution since the 1960s, and Dylan, I know, just read the article, but like, you know, and in the last 60 years, we're implementing this data as the fixated system. The DSM-5. Let's just flip to page 54. And yeah. This is what you are. That's what it says not in the encyclopedia. Knock, not to knock therapists, because I think there's of obviously a lot no. to it, but... Yeah, it can I mean, be detrimental. They're a bunch of pill pushers. I'm just kidding. Stop! So, I'm just messing. <gasps> Therapists are amazing. I'm just, I'm thinking of psychiatrists. Uh, can I clarify <laughs> for... Uh, no, it's controversial, folks. He's messing around. Can I clarify for the audience? So, you might be reading this article, or you might just not read this article at all. However, this article, it prompted the entire episode today. So, just to briefly summarize it, obviously... Since the 1960s, the entire depression debate has been focused entirely on serotonin, the chemical in the brain, okay? And so, what has come as a result of that discussion and research on serotonin and the imbalances of the brain has been something called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or uh, abbreviated as SSRIs. And some of y'all in the the realm understand what that is, and maybe you've been diagnosed with these things or have taken these things before. However, what we've noticed, and from the article's perspective here, is that when they go back and do research on serotonin and depression and the, the entire process, what they've discovered is not only do the SSRIs not work, like they don't work in all these placebo trials they're showing here that the dummy pills and the the SSRI pills there is no difference not only that have they they've also in the article discussed how they even took healthy people lowered they actually lowered their serotonin in this other experiment mm-hmm. and it it showed that there was no real depression induced as a result so there's, they said there's a small subgroup that said that they did become depressed, but those people are crazy anyway. I'm just kidding, but they, they were already screwed. No, uh, but in that trial, there was maybe this, they said there was a smaller trial or subgroup. They said that that did when they lowered serotonin in the brain that that induced a depression, but otherwise mm-hmm. they said in a much larger trial that was more sophisticated, they said that serotonin had nothing to do with depression because they know they weren't immediately diagnosed. It's like. If it's like taking someone's taking someone's vitamin C away and then having that for a whole month, they have no vitamin C. You will start to see side effects of that particular person. That's a fact. So when you take certain chemicals, certain nutritional elements out of a diet or out of the food they eat Just or whatever have you, yeah. you will ultimately see a difference. So what they're essentially showing here is that this is an entire conspiracy actually because the whole SSRIs is it is the antidepressing uh, sort of medications and pharmaceutical drugs. So it's almost like Big Pharma, I know people say that a lot, but Big Pharma have uh, essentially funded placebo or just uh, what I would say is, um, I don't want to say fake science, but it's that we've, we've been, we've been akin to that experience during the last, in 2020, just like really just totally blatantly false articles about medical medicine medications uh nutrition i mean like all this crazy stuff right so what essentially is happening here is the article hits this overall review of the idea that possibly 
pharmaceutical drugs are not the solution, the blanketed solution to depression. And not only that, but the drugs themselves were based off of a solution based off of the idea that it is serotonin in the brain that is causing the depression. So now we know that it ain't serotonin in the brain causing depression according to this research and all the other articles they, they attach here. So what is causing depression, number one? That's the question we have to actually answer is what is really causing depression and then what is the actual solution? And if we can, if I can say, if it has nothing to do with serotonin, I mean if it is, but it's like what foods can we eat that increase serotonin? But besides serotonin, because apparently it's not serotonin, it's not that. So it's something else and we have to discuss or find out or discover and open that dialogue, okay? Start questioning things again and be like, what is it? What's causing depression and what can help alleviate these symptoms and we we all have stories of where we might have felt depressed and maybe you listening have felt depressed before and then you got out of it, out of the funk. What are those steps that you took? And I think that that's uh, also, by the way, a part of life. So to sit there and be like, life is fucking dandy all the time, like you're going to fly through life like no problems, Mm -hmm. like, like me. Um, Dylan, Dylan has no problem. <laughs> then it's it's just not gonna be. A, it's not gonna be true. You're gonna have issues along the way. Okay, I need to. I need to push back on that because I feel like there are two things going on here, and then you're you're conflating the two. There is situational depression, and then there is a predisposition mm-hmm. to depression. Right. right. Yep. There are some people, like people in my family, that they were born. And you could watch them grow up and you can watch them react to events and the way that they look at the world, the way that they feel every day. Right. And they tend to be depressed. They tend to view things, you know, like are either against them or things are going bad. It's like there's this, uh, there's a, cl- there's a dark cloud of pessimism or sadness right. that leads to eventual depression and apathy as they become more adult-like and then there are things like losing a family member or not getting your needs met in childhood that can cultivate the environment for depression so i do think that depression is a biological like predisposition whether it is serotonin or not but i also think like the environment itself will bring that out in certain people at certain times um and I'll, I just really quickly, since I have the mic, my aunt just said the other day, I was talking to her, because after my dad passed, which is her brother, she went on antidepressants, and she was like, the next day I felt better. And I was like, doesn't it take like a month or two to like actually, for the chemicals to Activate. actually like kick in? And she was like, yeah, and that's why, like, I don't even know if it was the medicine, but I felt better. And I was like, okay, well, I honestly, at the end of the day, if your life is improving, if you're not mm-hmm. becoming dulled, if you are not becoming ill or having these weird reactions, if your life is improving from something, you know, regardless if it's technically right or technically working mm-hmm. or not, like I am all for that because I anything that can help us with our suffering and make our life a little bit easier so that we can try to do some more of the internal work um, and not be so like overwhelmed by, sure. by life, you know, why not? I definitely have things to say. So I agree. And I think there's something to be said about sitting in the discomfort mm-hmm. and and actually going there and allowing yourself to feel the heartache and, and the sadness and the anger. And, and that is my, I guess, issue with medications is because I don't want people to bypass the true healing that can happen. And 
so a lot, lot since we've been discussing this, a lot has come through for me with my personal experience. And this was so long ago, so all the pieces are starting to come back. But I actually did end up finding a medication that helped. Like, it truly helped my anxiety. And I was like, okay, I can function in life again. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I started working again. I could drive my car. It was great. Um, and then I just remember having this moment of like, I, I felt like a victim. And I was like, I am a victim of my anxiety. And I have to rely on a pill to live my life Whoa. normal. Like, I don't like that, you know? And so I started reading this book and I started working on my mind. And I was like, what if I could actually like free myself of this and not have to take this medication anymore? And so the more and more I started reading books and, and, and working on my mind and getting my mind stronger, I started lowering my dosage um, just on my own intuitively. And I experimented and then one day I didn't need it anymore. Like I could totally function completely normal in life. I had no anxiety. And the really cool thing is like over the years, anxiety comes up. Like I still to this day get anxiety and and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm getting ready to have a panic attack. But like, because I've worked so deeply on my mind, like I can bring myself to homeostasis, if you will, like I can balance it. So while I do agree with like, yes, if it's going to bring people peace and happiness, like I do support that. And like, what if we can also feel the feels and and dive deeper and work on our minds and get support and like not have to rely on medication. So I'll I'll stop there. Okay, I just just super quickly, because I know you guys want to talk, but Ricky said the word like crutch earlier. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's a really important word. Mm -hmm. Because I Absolutely. Okay. There's like a difference, for example, right. in the way that you are treated by a therapist. If you are having an episode versus like you're outside of it a little bit and you can kind of witness it. Because if you are in like full mania, you can't just like, oh, I'm just going to like think positive and like read this book and like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I feel like that is when medicine or things that are like more drastic measures are kind of needed. And then once you step outside of it enough Mm -hmm. to where you are somewhat regulated, you can like actually like work on some of the things that are happening and heal some of them. Um, And when it becomes too much of a crutch, when you like define yourself by something i think that's when it becomes like you know it becomes really problematic yeah and just really quick because i want you guys to share i had a best friend and she was diagnosed with bipolar and like that but it was like a crutch right like i I witnessed that of like she would have mood swings and whatever and problems and relationships and it was just like she'd blame it on that well i'm bipolar so Mm -hmm. it was like and i had the exact opposite experience really Uh close friend um, from from many, many years. And I'm just like, I would never know. Like, the way that you, she lives her life, mm-hmm. how I talk to her. I mean, of course, I know because I, like, actually witnessed her mm-hmm. have that experience and, like, have that breakdown. Um, and I can kind of sense it like, now that I know. But based off of the way that she lives her life, I wouldn't. And, like, m- when, I, when I first had back surgery um i had like rods put in my spine and i went and i got a yoga certification 
And at the very end of the certification, she, the, the instructor was like, I've been so amazed at how well you've been able to do with your back like that. And it was so weird because my family never treated me differently at, like after I had the surgery. They never acted like it was a big deal. They never said I couldn't do anything or questioned me or right. anything. So I was treated totally normally. And because of that, I just assumed that I can do everything. I never thought Boom. once mm-hmm. that I couldn't do a backbend or that I couldn't do XYZ, even though my back is quite literally almost entirely fused to a rod. And so like, obviously I can't do it in the exact same way. It doesn't look as deep or whatever, but like I'm a yoga instructor. Like I literally do this partially for a living. And I'm just like, it never dawned on me until the teacher said that, that it was a handicap or that something that, or that could have been used to define me or to hold me back. And like, that was such a like a mind fuck to like think about that and think about maybe what else I've been kind of immediately perceiving in my life as like oh I can't do this because of that you know it's like it's like your acknowledge for your strength that you were like wait I mean just just I just did it you know right like unlike uh, everyone else it wasn't in your peripheral it wasn't even put in the dimension that you couldn't do it right. so like by principle I believe, like, I just seen life in human nature breaks all possibilities. I seen an Olympic runner with no legs. Okay, no what? legs. Like, you know, <laughs> and I've heard the par- the paraplegic that's somehow walking again. I've seen the person that had brain surgery. They got one hemisphere of their brain to recontrol their whole life, and they can literally walk and talk all over again. Like, life is, I don't even know, it's infinite. And it's only in our, like, human societal structure system that I see these limitations get implemented and that people literally, it's like the effect where you put the fish in the fish tank, it's only going to grow, the shark will only grow to the size of the tank. Is that true? That is a true statement. Yeah. If you give the shark the ocean, it's like, well, I I can't say it's infinite size. So if you put a great white in a small tank... To what I understand, and I'm not a biologist here, but I've heard that more than a few times. I do a I lot of biology, folks. No, no, go yeah, on. Research it, pull it up, put it in the damn comments, for God's sake. If we put <laughs> a baby great white in like a little tiny it fish can tank, only it will grow only be because a the little. Water, the Courtney. water itself is, is the way it breathes and the way it operates, the whole thing. It, so like, it can't actually... It's going it to die. It's going to die, going to die if it outgrows yeah. its right. environment. Wouldn't it just like, die? So, it, like, the part of us is protecting ourselves within that psychology of its growth, probably. I don't know if that's the exact study, but I've heard that a couple times. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. to. You know, um, Me too. Yeah. I had something really on fire I wanted to say about this, but, like, um, I've had someone very, very close to me, and I've witnessed on the other side of it, to be honest, where someone's, like, having... Uh, you know, we could call it mania or just like out of uh, out of balance. Mm-hmm. They're out of balance. And I've had partners or so that I've, I've witnessed this, okay? And I've seen the medication work wonders where it's literally went from like dark storm clouds to shun- sunshine and rainbows quite literally overnight, jokingly enough, you know? And so there's an element where this isn't like just what you're saying. It brings you back up to par. I'm not a contender for alcohol. But some people that are very insecure sometimes need the emotional alcoholic crutch to maybe get their confidence going and get it in. I feel great with alcohol. Get it into. No, that's right. No, whatever. <laughs> I actually don't hold, feel great with hold alcohol. On, <laughs> hold on. Let me finish this concept. It's like, you know, I'll say this right now. It's like sometimes alcohol can... It, I'm not promoting alcohol. I'm just saying sometimes it can get you out of your head Mm -hmm. and let you be confident for a moment and that's where the joke is hey you're gonna go take a dance drink two drinks 
I argue, though, that you don't need to become an alcoholic to be a good dancer in this analogy. Eventually, hey, hey I'm confident. I don't yeah, need that anymore. Right. I at least could get out of my head, though, to start getting it back into to my see neurology. What's possible. Exactly. Which goes like, to the I point of regulating yeah, like your people need to find their drugs, like whatever they <laughs> take. Oh my whatever. God, mushrooms, <laughs> LSD. No. <laughs> not all drugs or intoxicants are, are equal for everyone. So, every, like, that somebody, is what this episode's about. Somebody That's can drink about. and it be, they become an alcoholic. Another person can drink and it's they're limited. They, they're okay with it and it makes them feel great over here. Um, and <laughs> And she's like, but same with me. Like weed has a different effect on me, for example. Um, but certain uppers are a little sometimes too intense, and that you know, just different things like that. So I think it also goes back to the fact that everyone has their own personal psychological chemical makeup. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of going back to hey, mm -hmm. every people are different. Not not that everyone's different. There's per definitely some people in categories, but I do it, believe yeah. that there's they're like that. Like whiskey doesn't do well with me but tequila does or something <laughs> like but there are people whose blood types and things that matter as well not in, not invalidating that because i've i've had some effects like that too but it's it's my point is is that like for me i've always had self-awareness with this personally i mean honestly I, I mean i've smoked marijuana and gotten very creative and my brain is adapting and in true time activating the synapse of being creative Eventually, though, you can wean off of that, which I don't see is very common, but then I feel like I now don't need that anymore. And I used to get anxiety attacks when I used to get high or something. Now I have a full different, because I'm very, activate, walk back, activate, walk back. Now that's my own personal experience, and I'm obviously using some recreational thing, but the point is, it changes the chemicals in my brain. Yeah. We're all having a brain chemical reaction to whatever spectrum you want to look at that. If it's dire or it's minimal, they're all in the same category. It's a pH of a swimming pool in your head. Now, this analogy with Dylan today is like, you know, we're all like a plant and your brain is like a plant and it's rooted in this pot of soil. Now, I made this analogy. What if you were in a pot and all the best nutrients were on the edge? Mm. Eventually, one root is going to be like, hey, I'm sensing some here. growth here, and I'm eventually <laughs> gaining something enough to like, whoa. Wait, and out then, of your comfort zone. Just out of the comfort zone. <laughs> it's out of the comfort exactly. zone. It's out, out of the, it's out of the comfort zone. Hey, we shouldn't, be go, we shouldn't go there. What, what are you doing right now? You weren't meant to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, which I, I think is, there's another topic that I want to open up there. But like, eventually now you're active. For me, this is my personal experience. I was told... As a musician, if you don't got it, you're not born with it, you give up. It's not for you. And I found, well, I'm going to try. You know, that can't be fully true. And that could be my Jupiterness. We can. I want to open the astrology box on this, too, a little bit. because I want to talk about Uranus here. Be, because, because there's a lot of elements with people's astrology that gets to psychological discoveries and stuff that I start witnessing. Someone might be here to live out some potential ancestral and or their own inherent trauma. How are you going to work through that and just throwing this into the pandora's box like people like kurt cobain he had no fire in his chart and this guy wanted like doing a lot of crazy stuff and they were looked at he's depressed and all this stuff but i think there's a way to defer that i digress i want to come back there i just want to leave that there but like <laughs> but it's funny where like for me personally i found myself like i literally was like i look at my life like a tadpole and i literally was like i'm just gonna try this one thing and if i can do it good cool you know and then like i eventually came into a place where like just keep believing, keep pushing in the area. And I actually feel like that's something I'm now become. 
And I was like, well, if I can do that, and I see other people breaking boundaries and doing things that are unconceivable in this generation because of social media, let me try this. And I feel like my roots are now moving to like, wait a minute, get out of your comfort zone. I'm, I'm, I know there's limitations, but there's an area where it's like, I don't think your brain is limited. And there's something, to, there's something to be said about that for everyone's very different. And like, again, there's miracle stories out there of just people that have broken limits that Joe Dispenza says is a neurological mm-hmm. fact, you know? Yeah. So I, I, we're going to wrap up the segment here, but I want to also implement some more solution strategies and things. And the way my life is so perfect is because <laughs> that I have been taking Please so Because he's doing sucks. Oh I'm totally kidding, dude. Calm down. It's a secret design. Um, but I have been taking micronutrition for the past eight years. And oh, Joe Dispenza's thing <laughs> has <laughs> been about has been about like <laughs> the nutritional makeup of the brain. And he said something, the pH swimming pool. I don't know why that stuck with me for like this entire five minutes. <laughs> but um, it, it's so true. Like the chemicals in the brain do have to do with how you live your life maybe it's depression maybe it's happiness there's all kinds of shit going on in there you know and like so we have to acknowledge what are the nutritional elements that support brain function and not just brain function but optimal brain function and what are those things that maybe even promote serotonin like molly and like, I just messed it, but like, but we see and experience drugs like that, which by oh, the way, Molly or MDMA is kind of like, it was once a legally, it was a legal thing. And so when you really think about it, it's like people are taking that and it does like a lemon out of your brain. It like drains all the dopamine and serotonin and you're super happy and joyful and you have like no depression Juiced. at all. It's a cure for the four or five hours. And then the next day, though, you are depressed. Like, I feel right. genuinely uh, drained when I've, I've taken it once. Uh, wow. I, but, I yes. haven't not necessarily had that experience, but the um, next day? this is an illegal drug, so this is hypothetical. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't really had kidding. that experience. Um, so everyone's different in that way, I guess. Exactly. Right? Well, just to wrap up the, the whole segment is... is it, we want to move into some, some solutions and some other dialogue as well, but I just wanted to wrap that up. Yeah, and then if I can add just one thing. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, to wrap up this segment and, and move into solutions, like where can you notice in your life that maybe you're falling victim, whether it's mental illness or limitations or something that someone else has told you you can't do? I think that's the whole point of sharing all of this. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to say something really quick off of that because I feel like other people have a really big part in this like i just listened to this podcast the other day where this guy called in and he was like a year ago at my job site a tractor or whatever the fuck ran over my feet and now i'm basically like paralyzed and some people say i'm gonna walk again tomorrow and my doctors say like i'm never gonna walk again and he's like in this back and forth and like super depressed and kind of like disengaged from life and one of the things like i was telling him was like bro you have to stop like listening to people. And Mm. I feel like that's such a big thing because I feel like everyone has their point of view, even us, like don't fucking Mm -hmm. listen to us, like listen to our podcast, but listen (laughs) to your heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Amen, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to you. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Um, I'm not a good singer at all, Um, but (laughs) I had a Spanish teacher tell me once she was like, "Uh, yeah, don't take Spanish three. Like you're not going to be good at that. And then I think I might share this last episode. I don't remember. No, no you didn't. Oh, and, and she was, and 
and I really thought about that for a second. And then I was like, actually, and this is the Uranus thing. I was like, moon Uranus. I'm like, I think I want to do that. And I became um, one of the strongest people in the class. I got the strongest like oh. AP grade. I went on to live in Spain for a few years. I taught my friend Spanish. So needless to say, that became a huge part of my life and, and was so important to me. And yeah, I wasn't good at it at first, you know what I mean? And and if I had listened to somebody, if I had defined myself how someone else defined me, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have given myself a chance to actually discover what I was capable of. And I feel like that goes for anything across the board, whether you're suffering from a physical illness, a mental illness, if you're struggling right now in your life, like if you're if people outside of you are telling you who you are, it's maybe time to check in with yourself and decide who you want to be and what you want to believe. I love that so I much. I love that too. Yeah. And if you would have listened to your teacher, you would have fell victim and you wouldn't have witnessed your your capability, like your, your fullest capability and like you excelling in that area. And like how many times, I'm sure you guys as well, like how many times has someone said like, you can't do that? And then you fucking do it, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, I've been told that a lot in my life. Like, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, watch, watch me. Yo. Watch me. <laughs> and then I do Fueled it. I only fire. have supportive people in my life. <laughs> Dilla's life is perfect, guys. Dilla's just the perfect human so if you with didn't the perfect hate him family. Before this podcast, now you do. There's a, there, I, I really love, don't relate. Zero problem. <laughs> I, I love that you share that story. I, I, I mean, obviously, we all have this potentially maybe in our life, but that's really empowering. And, and there's one guy that comes up to my mind that wants to come out and obviously I'm a drummer so I'm a little maybe I'm biased here but one of my favorite um, drummers is called uh, Buddy Rich and this guy apparently full moon Aries by the way and he literally had anger management hard at he almost uh, he was just amazing he literally is the best in the world and doctors told him like hey you're about to have a heart attack you're gonna die you need to stop doing this and he said this, and it's a quote that lasts in my heart for the rest of my life. He's like, doctors think they know you, but they don't know everything about you. And this is a spiritual thing, because mm-hmm. he said, you're never going to take this away from me. And basically put, he disobeyed the doctors, not completely where I don't think he didn't take medication or take care of himself completely, you know what I'm trying to say? But he went on, and I think he played like another another 10 years or something, you know? And, and so... <laughs> So, like, you know, we need to come together and make sure that we don't fucking let each other down. But again, that's... Oh, my God. Okay, so for those of you yeah, listening and not watching, Ricky and is, Dylan just had, like, a look, moment. I mean, I, I've never been Touching clinically hands. depressed and or have had symptoms of depression. I've been heartbroken in high school. But um, point being, I think that regardless of whether I've experienced this, and so from my perspective, take it with a grain of salt. But the way I think I go through life in some ways is, like, you have to um, egomaniacally adopt a hero's journey. And you have to see yourself as that, that hero that like goes through the process, you know, like the Batman, right, you know, uh, uh, the last one, what was it? Um, Dark Knight Rises. Mm. What an awesome film. It's, just, it's obviously about Batman going and being stuck in that cave and, and being stripped of all his ability and all his technology and all of his things. His back was broken right i mean i don't know i'm just bringing up this movie but he has to literally rebuild himself and so it's a hero's journey so like if you're wherever you are in your life and wherever you're maybe is stuck at this job or this part of your relationship or you you want to be boundless in certain areas and you're just not um 
the first thing I would say is never quit on a bad day, as I always say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you are the hero in this journey. So Amen. when you mm-hmm. adopt that hero's journey complex, again, it's not being egomaniac, but like you are the main character in this film, in this movie, and you know that this is always a part of the film. There's always that you know first, second, third act. And you have to recognize that you have these tribulations. As Casey was saying, don't just pop the pill and it all goes away and go to la-la land. You would actually instead take on that darkness, you know, and actually, you know, comprehend what was really traumatic about it. And every single event I've ever gone to, personal development stuff, they always kind of start with a trauma bond that you've had. Like, it always starts with where where have you experienced trauma and especially where have you experienced trauma at a young age? Mm-hmm. What programming have you already adopted? Because they say by five years old, it's almost like... Eight years old. It, well, eight, five, but there's a certain level of creativity that you lose, but also you kind of are programmed. Your programs that are already running since birth, okay, have already been est- establishing you for who you are. You're like your brain makeup, right. the brain chemistry stops at like 21. Well, I, I do recall this i've read many books on this like your brain starts really developing your identity by eight years old you've basically come up with who you are like 90 percent or some astonishing amount stop developing by like eight years old and this is why i'm I'm all about the sanctity and almost the protection of children as well you know just very like fatherly energy Mm -hmm. and just i'm like always looking out for how children believe think all the things so um but you're already fucked up you know what i mean you're this far i'm just kidding you're too but late there's so there's so much we could do and i and so <laughs> same thing with that as i don't want to sit there with that programming and be like oh i'm already 90 percent full i'm eight years old do you know what i mean like they're already <laughs> fucked you know no it's not necessarily like that i'm just saying that again you can find solutions and work through that and i think one of them is definitely look at yourself as that hero in your own hero's journey yeah thanks for sharing that dylan and i think yeah, it'd be nice if we can all kind of share like some resources or things that have helped us um, kind of defeat that victimization within ourselves for the listeners. The, there's a lot of things I could share, but um, there is a movie and it's a spiritual movie that I did a whole project on. It's very, it's called Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And obviously there's so many things we can share, but like this movie literally depicts um, an Olympic gymnast and he's in his prime gold he's killing it he's he's top of the mountain in every way and the the story i want to simplify because it's worth a good watch it's a great movie but basically he goes through an injury and they literally treat him like you're gone you're done bye you know and i'm sure is it true it's i think it's a true story or however it is i don't really recall that and i know this has happened with women with ballet ballet and other things in life but basically he's defeated and he lets him know that that's part of what being a warrior is it's an astrology reference we're in jupiter and aries who are you and what is the inner warrior that you are for 22 and 2023 but um the the whole thing is that i won't ruin the movie but you he you go against the odds Mm -hmm. and it's about if you love it, it is who you are. Now that gets into more motivational thing. We're talking about like clinical situations, but mm-hmm. like, you know, and people like that, it's probably almost impossible for some of these people to even recognize what a hero's journey is for some level, because that's not even, I, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's not even in their psyche. It's not even in their being potentially, or they haven't even identified that that's a, that's a possibility for them, you know? Just to clarify and then um, have her t- chime in yeah. is like, the things that happened to me as a child, and then um, I think like uh, I, I think of one particular instance. I was like hauling ass. I was in a Scion TC. I drove manual for a while. I was in there, and I I, I, <laughs> I just I was going down a very main road. It was um, 
Oh my gosh, where's Bach? Wait, anyway, it's in San Antonio, and I remember just driving super fast, and it's a little rainy, it's a little wet, nobody else is on the road, it's just me, it's kind of night, it's like 11 o'clock p.m., and I'm flying home, and then I'm coming, I come up a hill, and I'm coming down a hill, and all of a sudden, I just see through the rain, I see that there's commotion, something happened ahead, it was like a visual, it was something, and then I, as I get closer, in the rain and everything, a street pole had fallen, like, min and in the minute I was watching it. It had fallen down because of the wind and stuff, and it was in the middle of the entire intersection. And if I had continued going, I would have plowed into that thing, and nobody would have been around. And I ended up just like, slamming the brakes, turning sharp out to, to, in this neighborhood. So it was an intersection, and I turned out and went out, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. But I remember just little things like this. I started thinking about it, and I, I noticed and I identified with it in a way I was like, oh, I don't get in car accidents like that because that's not who I am. I'm destined for something great. And I would start to tell myself this story that like mm. my destiny and my, I would start to, and that was 16 years old. So like, I'm already starting to be like, I'm the hero in this journey. And everything that was a close call in life, any I had a car accident. I did smash a street pole. I don't know what street poles are with me, but like I did actually <laughs> smash one when I was 17. It's only going life to, problems. I was going to, work at, going to work at no, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and this I smashed one. The little, the little hole is still there to this day. It's at the rim at San Antonio. Texas and um, no no injuries at all like literally I went full send into it and no injuries are all at all I just got out of the car I was a little shocked but also just like oh I don't know what's going on so I think over time you have to start identifying with the blessings that are given to you and the, the and being grateful every day because if you notice all the blessings you're actually kind of like actually my life doesn't fucking suck you know things are really really good and uh, right. if you do start to adopt that hero's journey that's what happened to me and that's why I, I, I do genuinely feel that the reason I'm alive today still the reason I'm healthy and I don't have a broken this or this and that I've never broke a bone but point being is I, I think that it's just because I've identified with this sort of this hero journey destiny concept and like you just got to follow through with that shit and it has a lot to do with like having purpose in your life as well um, no argument with that at all um i really believe that it's what you believe is what's going to happen and that that's kind yeah. of the root on all of this situation of what i'm talking about and it's actually the root of my heart's biggest call mm -hmm. in this whole thing is that people if they don't believe if they've been told and bought into key bought into they're getting a payoff for this mm -hmm. when you buy into something you've bought into it is that they can't that 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 hero's journey's not for them or whatever it is that goes on in the brain because it's a very tricky place those are the things that need to like re need to get real deep so i feel what you're saying Dylan, but they, this is a different level like i've lived with people with this that's not even they didn't even identify playing that video game, if that makes sense. You know what I'm trying to say? And it's like, how can we rehabilitate that? One thing you do say that's very magical, and I really back it up. I've been depressed. I've never had anxiety attacks. I've been in my own apartment, left alone in periods of time where I've had full-blown freakouts. My father's witnessed me literally feel, I guess I watched enough doctor shows and no one was listening to me, and some part of my inner child like freaked out and was like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm, I, I don't know. I need to go to the hospital. Like as if like something's wrong with me. He gave me probably a placebo pill and fixed it up for me or something. It was given attention, I would mm -hmm. think. And somewhere in my environment is like, okay, someone would take care of me at least on this. Like, you know, and, and the last note, the last note is just that being grateful is how you really start rehabilitating your brain. I promise. And I know that sounds 100%. super, that sounds super 
that sounds like super no, like life, ultra life. Buddha, like new age stuff. But I've got to be honest, when I take a moment to real, and I'm going to let you go, Corey, I'm sorry. Like, you know, if you're really like taking a moment to embrace, sometimes like, I mean, I've been at a point where I was like broke and I barely had food. And I take a moment, thank God I got this right now. Mm-hmm. And like really feel that stuff. You know, I feel like that you start creating new positive synapses is what I'm getting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have been depressed before and that was the one thing that would help me was Mm because I was like, I've been depressed when the community wasn't there because I've traveled a lot and lived abroad a lot. So I've been like really isolated, like in a country, literally don't know anyone and having that kind of emotional experience and the and i i made the intention of like i will do a gratitude journal every single day and i will not just like write it down i will feel it and that Mm. was like the only way to start bringing myself out and it wasn't like that it didn't happen that fast but it it started to help me look for the silver lining and look for the good things and retrain the brain because the brain does recycle I think 90% of our thoughts every day and they tend to be negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so if you imagine that, like we really have to put intentional effort to, to reverse that or to do something against that. Um, And then I wanted to say um, a few other things. uh, First of all, like kind of what Dylan was saying, like identifying a certain way. My, my dad, he always said, I'm going to die young. I'm going to die young. And then that's exactly what happened. And I, I will say that I feel like there's some there's something to like intuitively knowing something is for you. Like I've always thought I will write a book since I was a kid and I think I will. Um, and so I think there's something to that. But then also like, do you want to believe that? You know what I mean? Like, do you want to put energy into that? That's a good question to ask yourself. And then a huge thing is like, how is this thing serving me? If it is negatively impacting me, usually there is a positive way it's also serving you. So Ricky may be suffering from something at that time. How it served him was giving, getting maybe a need met, maybe getting attention in some way. And so oftentimes, and I learned this from my hypnosis teacher, we will kind of develop like physical or mental disorders or things in the body uh, or mind that will basically get a need met or like avoid a problem, which is kind of getting your need met. And so if you can think of how it's serving you in some capacity, that could also add in like the extra layer of why it remains in your life. And then the very last thing I would want to say is looking at things in a cyclical nature, which is already what Dylan was talking about, like the hero's journey, the ups, the downs, the comeback, like that, that is life in its cycles. And, and that's literally what Ricky and I do for a living. We study the cycles of the planets. Oh, yeah. So we can basically track like, oh, we can track like you're going to probably feel depressed around this time like you're gonna have saturn go over your moon maybe this day you're not gonna be as nice to yourself as you usually are maybe you're gonna feel a little like life is a little bit bleak and if you can see that in that context and be like okay well it's almost more helpful to kind of look after you're already feeling it so that you don't like precipitate that feeling and and like you know expect to feel it but if you can look like at your astrology or if you can look at the cycles of your life or even like your menstrual cycle, like, hey, every time a week before my cycle, I get really depressed and I like really hate my body or I have a fight with my boyfriend and I feel like I'm fucking crazy. Like you can start to see how it's a cycle or it's this 
energy that's kind of outside of you and it's influencing you and it's not entirely your fault and you can't maybe just think your way into a better mood that day and that's okay like you can actually just fucking sit in that and feel like shit like you can sit in this period of your life and not try to make it better. And I've had that time where I've been like beat down by circumstances where I'm like, I don't even want to make my life better right now. Like, I don't feel optimistic. I don't wanna try to heal everything. I wanna just fucking like, you know, like was brood in it. Surrender. Like, just, like, allow myself to just, like, do what the fuck I want to do, even if it makes it worse, even if it kind of allows it to fester. And then I reach a breaking point where I'm like, okay, now I'm done with that, and I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. And I, like, allow myself to heal. So it's like, I think it's okay to not always be okay and i think it's okay to allow yourself to to not have to always be like helping yourself and improving yourself like i know that might be weird for like the spiritual community to to say but it's like sometimes sometimes i want to suffer like allow myself to suffer for a week sometimes i want to be fucking pissed and i don't actually want to change my mind about it and then like eventually i think getting out of that is important and i think the problem is when people don't and they just like woe is me and they and they sit in that forever but if you give yourself a time frame and like you allow that to have space without taking over i think it's actually like a good part of life or at least for me it's been beneficial yes i i want to fully support that and it actually comes full circle to throw it back to you casey on something you said earlier which is um and I want to drop one astrology thing that people need to recognize. I'm going to give the golden nugget that has changed my life is Pluto. And that one planet shows us that things in life actually need to decay. And it's a prerequisite for love sometimes. There are moments in my life I've almost looked at it astrologically. I'm meant to suffer right now. Mm-hmm. I'm meant to feel this moment of pain and suffering and death. This is a part of life. Yet, though, is the soil and the nutrients, because you're not given, just because you have negative energy does not mean it's a lack of energy. You can make it into more beautiful things. And going through that process has always brought me greater things to go through so it's not something to be resistant of as our society is like no i need to stay high all the time the roller coaster effect like by mathematical physics goes way further than just trying to go against the plane so i think it's important for us to allow ourselves to have the lows especially Mm -hmm. men and everyone like you know allow yourself to feel that process and, and and have the boldness to allow yourself to feel it. That's the thing, is being honest that you're integrally going through that process. And I've noticed with Pluto, I'm using one planet, but there's just many things in astrology, in the crater of what you feel like is that pain or in the crater of what you think you can never do holds all the nutrients. Mm -hmm. It holds all the nutrients of all the best things that can be created. And that's the birth rebirth effect from that. So it's like, have the boldness to sit in those pain moments. And, and honestly, I know that takes courage and mm-hmm. some people might need to get regulated. I'm not saying everyone's ready, right. souped up every moment to go fight that fight. But I'm also saying like, know the times that you can own that because it's going to set you free to rip mm-hmm. out that nail versus stepping on it all the time. Absolutely. So, it's mm-hmm. always darkest before dawn, right? Like, Amen. and I'm so glad this was such a full circle moment and I have a lot to say and unpack, but I think just to touch on, you know, the humanness of all of the emotions, like 
the goal isn't to feel happy all the time and to have all of your problems solved, right? Like that's not the goal. I think that happiness is a place that we can continuously come back to, right? Like we're going, we're living in this human experience and life is going to happen and we're going to feel the full spectrum of emotions and we're going to whatever have you like experience maybe a mental illness or this or that and tragedies in life. But I think utilizing different practices and tools. And sometimes that does look like medication, right? Like sometimes that is a drug to, to be your bridge and to just get you to be okay for a minute. Right. Um, but I think for anyone listening, like if, if you are in this space of like, maybe how can I move forward to break free of this victimization? Right? Like what are some things that I can do? Like, I love that all of you guys touched on gratitude because I will never forget when I was 16 years old, my therapist told me to write down five things every day that I'm grateful for, or just five good things that happened, right? Because my mind was just so focused on the negative things happening in my life. And she was like, you know, even if it's just like, you're happy you have your car to drive, right? Like you're happy that you can take a shower, like you have heat and electricity, you have clean water to drink. Like even if you're in this space of your life where like you feel like you're at the lowest of lows and life sucks, like dig, like find something to be grateful for because I swear that's the medicine. Like that is the ultimate number one, like that that's just where the magic is. And like, that's something that is, is the, one of the first assignments I always assign my clients is gratitude practice. And I, every day, like I, my gratitude practice is so like, like, I don't even have to think about it. Like I'm constantly throughout the day. Like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Like talking to God, like, Oh my God, thank you. Um, so I would just suggest that. And then Allow yourself to feel the feels, though. Like, I really want to put emphasis on that. Like, if you're angry, like, be fucking angry. Like, I think that's part of maybe the bigger problem is people are suppressing their emotions because there's something wrong with you if you're angry or if you're sad. It It doesn't mean you should resolve the conflict in the same emotion you were experiencing when it happened. True. Yes, that is very true. But I, I just want to put that there. And then... Also, for anyone listening who's like, okay, maybe I am, you know, maybe I am clinically depressed or whatever, and I do trust my medication, and and that is working for me, and I maybe might be open to some other things. Um, I just want to share, like, Dr. Joe Dispenza has been incredible, and if you're, even if you're just a little bit curious, like, obviously, I will say, like, I am not a doctor. I do not have all the answers and I'm not giving a solution that I'm saying this is the answer, but maybe just show up with some curiosity. Um, his book, Break- Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is one of my favorites. And then the other one is Becoming Supernatural. I would just read it. Just uh, I'll also add the book, um, You Are the Placebo. Yeah. And it's a good one. Obviously, like his studies back on. I, kind, I kind of was inspired to... Um, uh, talk about things that some solutions that are more practical because we saw about great grateful jur- journals and stuff like that the other thing is you need to find things to bliss out on um for me personally because i live in colorado it's nature and going out into nature i love to disc golf and i enjoy like playing sports so if you're not into Volleyball. sports Mm-hmm. Yeah, volleyball, like things like that. The reason why I say sports in particular too 
is something that legitimately needs 100% of your focus when you when you do that activity. Embodiment. You have to embody yeah. something totally entirely Not new. Not up here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. because you're all up in your head, you're depressed, you're sad, you're moping around, you're looking in the mirror, whatever you're doing. And ultimately, you actually need to get out of your house, probably. You need to touch some grass, like they say on like video games. Um, but you need to go out there and you need to find something that you bliss out on and genuinely i didn't even know i liked volleyball until like well like seven eight years ago actually but like still i was a, i was still an adult 21 years old and i'm like i think i want to pick up volleyball i loved volleyball you know and so i highly recommend picking up some kind of activity and especially activities that attain 100 percent of your focus so that you can let go of the thing that you're already thinking about because you're already stuck in a rut and you don't have the solution to that problem and you're you're stuck thinking about that problem and you're not grateful and you're all fucked up so you have to literally leave that state of mind exit that state of mind and attain a whole new state of mind especially in competition but it doesn't have to be it could be drawing it could be whatever y'all like to do but point being is something that something that 100% takes your focus and it cannot be video games i'm telling you no video games no netflix no tv shows drop that shit that is not helping that can, in a way, soothe the mind, and that's a different state of mind. I am talking about something you bliss out on and something you're totally 100% focused on. And then that way, when you rethink about that problem that you just had like two hours ago before you played whatever or did whatever, I'm telling you, you're going to have a totally different perspective. And you're going to be able to look at it differently and even maintain it differently and then even probably solve it differently. If it doesn't get solved immediately, not a big deal. But over time, continuing to do that. You'll solve your problem. So, so like, contrary to the belief of this being a, uh, I want to fully support Dylan in this. This is not just like a motivational level that this should be said. This isn't just go out and feel better about life. We're talking about something that's deep. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep stuff. But I want to say this. I now play the piano about like four years. And I'm going to tell you, you want to know what taught me the piano? Depression. Mm. And I put it because I knew that the synapse in my brain, what Dylan's saying is so on point. Now, obviously, sports work. I love sports, too. You know, but like music is one outlet for me because I get to be fully in my arena in in my every. And I'm like, hey, I literally just like that note sounds good. This note sounds good. And I just like did that and let myself suck, not judge myself. But I just want to feel good. And I have emotions trapped in me that I need to express. And I'm using this instrument to get it out because language is not doing it for me. And someone's like, what got you through? I was so depressed that I needed that and I would probably have been a miserable person without that. And now it has become such a staple of my life. And I go and I bliss out. I bliss my vi- my whole brain out, actually, just to like lose myself. I don't care what you think. I don't care what, what the scenario is. But that, for me, has been one of the most healthiest things in my life. And then I feel like I get to create something from the darkness. You know, like I feel like I get to bring something in. So I just want to just double down on what Dylan's saying. You got to get your whole body involved. You have to And I to would get love more suggestions involved. on blissing out. Yes. So I love that you both share that. And I think that, you know, there's also phases um, along the process where a lot of people may not feel motivated or inspired. So maybe someone who is kind of like, I don't really know what would be fun or what I would be inspired to do. Mm. Um, I mean, A, I would say definitely just like try something on, but also not only that, I think there's something really to be said about getting support, Um, whether that's a therapist, counselor, 
a, a coach, mentor. Um, I think that that work is so necessary and so powerful and transformative. And just n- witnessing myself on my own journey and in my life and getting support. And, you know, therapy wasn't really my thing, but I know so many people that it's helped. Um, it did help me a little bit, but for me, it was coaching, like hiring mentors, and that literally transformed my life. And, in, in of, of course, inspired me to do my own coaching practice. And now I get to help guide people through their own personal transformation. And so I would just say also, like getting yourself support, having someone hold you through the process um, is really powerful. Yeah. And I think that's why I mentioned astrology, because I feel like when you can see the context, when you can see the bigger picture of like, this is actually what my soul is going through right now. And this is what I'm intending or my soul is intending to get out of the circumstance. And this is when it's going to (laughs) end. This is when things are going to look brighter. I think that can be really helpful, even though sometimes if it's far away, it can be a little discouraging. Even just knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes though, it, it might be chronic. It might be something that's like, it's never going to go away fully. But there are always, like I said, cycles where things are better and where things are worse. And so I feel like having all these tools in your arsenal, having someone to talk to, having a community, obviously, like human nature requires someone to listen to our pain. I heard someone else say that like, um, sadness or crying is not like really sadness unless someone witnesses it. And I was like, what? Do I believe that? And I I don't know, something to chew on, something for you guys to decide for yourselves. But there's something about being witnessed in your humanness and your fullest extent of emotion that is very healing. Whether you want to believe that or not, whether you are against therapy or coaching or crying in front of your friends or not, um, you know, I think that there's something to be gained there. Yeah, and if you listening... Um, or if you know someone in your life that that feels like the victim, or if you feel like the victim, like just know that like you don't have to be stuck in that. There are resources and solutions, and like you have the power to break free of that. I can't say this is a full truth, but um, and most people don't know about this. I know Dylan knows this about me, but I was hosting astrology events back in Texas. And I was going through a lot of deep stuff in that place. And I was holding the container for people to express their self. We're talking on an open podcast, but I'm not talking about the heady info. I'm talking about an experience you experience. And that is where life is, your life. And our society has condemned this where like people are not sharing that with one another. And there's an area where I find most people that have depression, to my observation, they feel alone. And they feel like there's no one that understands them. And they feel like there's no one to really connect with on that level. And even just being able to open up or cry or something and then act and change that state that they can move. like And this is a mask in principle, but physically open them up. Like not just open up. I mean like physically let yourself open up is something where like our society needs to remind that there's no other area than in humans that we don't do that with each other. Mm. that I think that breeds the stagnation of life like a like a fishbowl without current of emotions that the nothing's not flowing that's coming back forward and that you know like and that takes a little gust of confidence to a little pole to a big wave to a 
freaking tsunami that I think allows people to be flushed and refreshed in what they know they feel life through them instead of no I'm going to be ju-. it's like a protective emotional guard that you dig yourself in your own hole and I don't know this to be a full truth but I just witnessed enough people do that and my goal was to have people express themselves and what I found is like people do family counseling and even like people shared really intense deep shit that like eventually like I think it moves stuff they were like oh like I can hey I can be friends a little bit now I can get out of my head for a second you know so Mm -hmm. and as someone who's gone to a lot of therapy and who's extremely in my head like extremely um for someone like me, kind of the medicine for that is to get in the body. And so my therapist is somebody who she's trained in classical therapy and other modalities, but she practices embodiment exercises. Mm-hmm. And you know how I know that I need it is because I fucking hate doing it. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is awful. I feel super fucking uncomfortable. I don't even know if this is helping me. And that is like for somebody else. It's like for another type of person. But I'm like, oh, so the medicine to to me being so in my head and having anxiety and being like so fast paced is to talk? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like that is what I want to do. And I, you know, there's something for following your bliss. And then sometimes there's like the, you know, like looking for the thing that you almost like don't want or you feel like is kind of against your natural self in some way that can actually benefit you, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think you can kind of use your intuition for that. I want to also kind of comment back on the whole blissing out thing and making sure people understand that, um, as I mentioned earlier, if you're not in the mood of solving it, like she mentioned, like some people just don't have the motivation and I get that. You know, because we're all in that place at, at times, especially with particular issues. And have have you ever noticed when one issue all of a sudden gets ballooned into like that's your whole life all of a sudden, and you forget about all the other wonderful things that are going on? It's a story. Um, it, yeah, and so it's so it's like how do things just like blob up into that <laughs> consciousness? It's super weird to me, it's and and I always that's why I'm like I'm going to purposefully ignore it. As Courtney was saying, it's almost like I'm gonna I'm gonna. It, Sort of, she was mainly being like, "I'm going to soak up this this experience of anger, frustration, whatever it is." Um, that's fine too. I do acknowledge that, and I think that you you got to find something that you go to. Like like Ricky was mentioning, I found piano during depression. Then I started playing it. Then I was like out of my head playing the notes on the keyboard. Well. For everybody else, that is might be something different. If you are musically talented, you can do that. Um, if you're more like, yeah, just going outside, doing other things, find some activity. If it's indoor basketball or if it's like just the gym, I know a lot of people in like these other areas that nature isn't necessarily as pretty around them. I can't say that for sure, but like it's true it's somewhere. Um, but you, you can maybe just go to the gym, find something that really that you do that's really simple and that can embody you that she doesn't like to do. Just something that you get embodied with so that you're totally unplugged. So I just kind of like want to reiterate that, that it's once you find that one thing, you can go back to it and it becomes not a crutch, but a modality of healing that you know that when I'm doing this, I'm present, I'm letting go of whatever issue, those issues can be new, they can be something you've held on to for a while, they can be whatever they are, but when you do that one activity, you're totally focused, you're totally embodied, that you're not really acknowledging it, so that when you do go ahead and acknowledge it, you'll be able to solve it. And maybe that also looks like poetry. Or and, meditation. And, 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 and maybe writing like, 
dark things. Like, I just want to kind of play, like, opposite here. No, like, please, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You know, Find like, other like, ways like, to that, out, like, that can be, you know, a piece of self-expression to help with the healing journey and to be able to get out whatever is inside of you. Um, but I do, Dylan, like, I totally want to acknowledge, like, there is something to be said about, like, physical activity and doing fun things that bring you joy and you can be embodied and just be present. I think really, like, the the, the mm-hmm. umbrella of that is, like, what can you do to bring more presence into your life so that you're out of your head and into your body, right? And so maybe that looks like dancing or basketball or, I don't know, pickleball. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. But also just acknowledging like maybe it's something like dark poetry and that's cool too. I see a lot of women, especially dancing. Dancing mm-hmm. is really big. It's Dancing's a big, big one way. for me with embodiment. I've been, I've been recently getting into dancing and I can find there's nothing more that's getting your brain to get out of the moment. And I I personally am seeking that actually to find a modality to get out of my head and get into more flow state. There's a positive effects where it's like leaving depression and now optimize my brain, but it's also to add on the stacking of more positivity and happiness. But to the person that is really dealing with depression or have gone through serious stuff, and I have good friends that I, I, I've been going with, they you're out of your head and you're in blissed out and you enjoy like who doesn't want to do that you know and there's opportunities it's just the thing is like well i can never do that let me tell you right now like i've never identified being musically or like Mm -hmm. talented at all no one in my family has that shit bro i just demanded it out of being upset (laughs) but some person it's gonna i also I would activate and i think physical stuff works too i mean sometimes people are angry they gotta go like kick it out of them you know so there's an element of that works but i also see like sometimes artistry or like painting or something lets you like really be something that you created and i really think that's something that there's another element that can go there too so it's it's going to be different for everyone right like no medication we're giving you different modalities of medication by the way right now if it's music exercise art talking it out whatever the heck it is but i think at the end of the day it's getting in your body Mm -hmm. in the life and just my and this is a really silly modality you're going to think i'm totally insane on this but i heard one guy say do something exciting now, y'all might probably think I'm a whack job for this one, but like, I literally will do what's the most exciting thing to do right now? Like, I'm literally like, like and then y'all laughed. Like okay? Y'all just laughed, okay? I just created a little boop, like, you know, but like, that moment can start double downing, like mm-hmm. a snowball effect. Yeah. And even if I just said something silly, sometimes I say some silly shit, I'm knowing. I'm laughing how it seems to keep coming back and it gets me out of the moment. It gets me out of my head. So it's like, now it's like a skill at some point, but I'm sharing that for anyone that's like, hey, have a little burst of excitement and like share it with people is the Mm -hmm. thing. There's some bold, there's something about a wall that needs to get a little bit punched through to just be with someone you care about and just say something silly, you know? I'd love to hear from y'all too, like, what are some things that, and we gotta wrap up this podcast, yeah, but totally, we've been going in it. We're if in you're it. still listening, um, we love you. Uh, <laughs> we love you for being here. Well, I'm wondering about what people do that are, is unhealthy. There are coping mechanisms, right? Like Netflix video games, but also like eating, you know, they eat, they overindulge in different it's things. a lot of band-aids. Like, yeah, so it's all we're band-aids. not recommending that. I don't, I'm not asking you to go eat cake and like ice cream. But sometimes eating cake is good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it tastes good, but like you can't. Once you have to find something. Month, right? Like you have to find something though that you is consi- that's more consistent and healthy for you. 
So that's kind of what I want. I mean, but I'd love for you guys to close off. with Does anybody want to close off the podcast? You know, I don't know if I can really, I feel, I feel not called to like close this as much, but I really want to just double on what Dylan's saying. And we, we do, we got to wrap it up here, but like, it really is not allowing the band-aids to take over. Cause I've seen people move from band-aid, exhausted band-aid mm-hmm. to exhausted band-aid to exact. And this world's got everything for you. It's got everything for you to fucking band-aid. Mm, it I do right want to say like and, kind of what I was saying earlier though. I do feel like if you want to have a band-aid experience, like, and you want even to last for a little bit of time, as long as you go into that experience consciously deciding, like, I'm going to experience this mm -hmm. for this time, and I know I will decide to come out of it, like, and actually following through on that. I think that's the key here because I think discipline. It, it's it, they. I would argue they still need to just have the self awareness that they're doing that because a lot of people are not even. Some um, people don't even know. No, yeah. I'm fine. I can quit anytime I want. Stuff. That's true. And I've heard that. Or some people. Ninety nine percent of people are in a band aid situation and don't even know. They're like, oh no, actually, like this, this. I've been told this works, mm, that's right? True. But it's actually a band aid. So until a blowout happens somewhere, unfortunately, I don't right. want that to be the case. But and and I'll just close my portion out by just saying, like, crap, it just went away. Come back. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I would say lead with curiosity if anything and i said this last podcast apparently this is like my life motto <laughs> be curious <laughs> but seriously though it's like what if you can just show up to any situation you're in with curiosity um and, and let that lead you i think if we're, we're wrapping it up here we can really talk about you know there's no reason to be a victim Mm -hmm. you you can find every reason you want but there's no reason and i think you know we didn't do a whole synopsis on the world of humans that have busted the odds and every level but i know they're out there and i see them every day to some extent if you're in social media or like you know real documentaries and stuff like that but like there are modalities that work and there are people that care about you and we really appreciate y'all checking in on this podcast and this very potentially controversial concept that can hit home for all of us in some way or form shape or form but like yeah, I'm just really grateful you got to share from the heart and see what underlies. So. Yeah, guys, check out our information check in it out. the notes or description box down below. And do you guys want to just say really quickly, if you are only listening to this, where we can they can find us? You can find me, Ricardo Zivar at Z-W-E-V-A-E-A-R-T. <laughs> I messed that up. He doesn't up. even know his own name, guys. <laughs> my name's hard. Thanks. <laughs> You can find me on my YouTube, The Infinite Soul, S-O-L. You can find my Instagram and my website in the link below. Yeah, so the link tree will be in the link below, and the link tree has everything. So recent episodes that I've done on my own podcast. That's still Recent sucks. articles and um, my Instagram and Facebook. I'm always flying, like, posting on there and stuff like that. So, And then if you do add me there or follow me, just let me know that you found me from this particular podcast. I like to know where people find me from. Dylan, you didn't give anyone specific. That's Dylan Suggs for Matrix Breakers. Dylan Suggs. They can go to the description. <laughs> Dylan thinks he's famous, guys. He got it. Pretty much. No problems. Except for lights on the road. Anyway, <laughs> um, Casey Spire here, and you guys can check out the Follow Your Happy link tree below. You can find all the things, uh, my one-on-one -on -one coaching, the cacao, and connect with me on Instagram, Casey Spire, K-A-S-E-Y-S-P-H-I-R-E. 
and I'm Courtney from Willow's Bloom. Check me out on my website, on YouTube if you are interested in astrology and readings. And I also have a podcast that I do a lot of episodes with Ricky on, which is Astrology's Real Podcast. Check me out there. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all for coming in on Unearth Yourself. Peace.